Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And today we have on one of my favorite people who has been on this program uh, many times before. She comes on uh, about six times a year, like almost every other month, depending. My guest is Paula A. Marshall, and she is the CEO of Bama Companies. And Bama Companies is an organization that makes all of the fast food desserts, or many of them, for big chains like McDonald's and Walmart and Pizza Hut. And they started with apple pies, and now they make pizza dough. And her vision stands as a beacon for the Bama team. And their real vision is people helping people become successful. This is a family-owned business. It's three generations. She took over the helm in 1984. And Bama Foods is now Bama Pie, Bama Frozen Dough, Beijing Bama, Bama Europa. And so it's under her leadership, Bama has really expanded. And she's the author of several books. My favorite one of Paula's books is called Finding the Soul of Big Business, which I think is really uh, what Paula stands for. And she wrote another book called The Executive Entrepreneur with Jim Stovall, where she talks about being executive. He talks about being the entrepreneur and how can you do both. So welcome, Paula. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here on this yeah. beautiful spring day. Yeah, I know. It's really nice. Well, I have to tell you, I looked this up and I thought it was fun. And I said, I'm going to talk to Paula about this. It, I saw that upon this online, it says, what you can learn from the fast food business. And there are five lessons. So I'm going to have you talk about each one. And Paula doesn't know what these are. <laughs> right. Yeah, the Surpri- surprise. <laughs> right. The first one is be available. You want to comment on that? Sure. Well, I don't know why they would say that specifically about uh, the, we call it quick service restaurant industry, um, except, you know, that every business deals with customers. Patricia, as you know, and whether it's the team members delivering the food to the customers or the customers, um, you know, are rattled when they come in, they don't always know what they want. So they're sitting at those crazy menu ordering things and trying to decide. And, and there's a lot of, you know, stress related to when people eat, why people eat, there might be a, a ton of kids in the car. You know, so, you know, you, the mom has a lot of stress, going to get everybody a happy meal or whatever. And so for the people that work at the in the industry, I think being available means understanding your clients, understanding your customers and understanding that they are in a hurry. They may not know exactly what they want, but they're going to get it to you as quick as they can. And our role is to provide what they would like to have in as the most efficient manner for the best prices and make right. them feel comfortable and make yourself available to talk to them about any kind of issues they might be having. Right. So I think that is something that the, the really great restaurants do that just as a matter of course. And the really great suppliers like me to the industry do that just as a matter of course. 
it doesn't always happen like that though. So being available is a great is a great tool for marketing. And I think the great quick restaurants that do that are people like Chick-fil-A, Wendy's, McDonald's, of course, has a great reputation for doing that. So not every fast food place is created equal, as you know, Patricia. It's sometimes mm-hmm. you get a bad experience and then mm-hmm. you don't want to go and be available right. to them. Interesting. Now, here's the second one. And I question the second lesson. So I'm going to ask you, the lesson says, when the taste is good, nobody questions the ingredients. What do you think about that, Paula? Well, you know, I think that's true in many respects for many, many people. Um, People say to me all the time, if I'm going to McDonald's, I'm not going to most likely stay on my diet. Or I'm going to go to McDonald's and I'm going to take part of the bread off or I'm not going to eat the fries or I'm going to get a small fry versus a big fry. So I think people are concerned, but taste and availability and speed when you're in that business is is right up there with the ingredients. I will tell you, Patricia, what I've noticed, and we, you and I have talked about this, is what I've noticed since the pandemic, nobody really, there's, I won't say nobody, there's not as much focus on nutrition. Mm. We used to have salads at McDonald's. We used to have salads in the fast food industry. Every Now, there's only certain places where you can get a salad. Mm. Um, so to me, a lot of the focus on nutrition has dissipated since the pandemic. And I why do you think that, Paula? Why do you think that is? <laughs> I wish I knew, Patricia. But I mean, we used to have to run all of our labels, all of our ingredients, yeah, all yeah. of our everything that goes into a McDonald's apple pie had to be certified and cleared by all the nutritionists at McDonald's. And now it's, we just are putting a chocolate pie, uh, Oreo based chocolate pie on available at McDonald's for the restaurants who voted in, in July on August, June, July and August timeframe. And no one looked at the ingredient statement. No one looked at sodium. No one looked at how much fat was in it. No one cared. It's like, it's a great product. Put it on the menu. So that word of advice mm may be true. Interesting. Well, now the third lesson is something you just said in the very beginning of answering the second lesson. Uh Speed means no less than quality. That's exactly right. It's speed and and people like Chick-fil-A, people who do things fast, people who are out there and they have their, their kids out there with these laptops or these little iPads and different things, taking orders at cars, who have fast drive-through experiences are the ones that are winning today. Mm. And it is like moms have a ton of kids in the car. They're all going to a practice. They just got picked up from school. They want a, uh, you know, a bunch of chicken nuggets and they don't want to have to sit around and wait for 30 minutes because they don't have time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. I have a friend who says this and I laugh. My friend says, and this is his own little thing. He will not, he will not wait in line, whether it's the, he will not do a drive through 
whether it's a fast food or it's a bank, he won't do a drive-thru. His no drive-thru is that everybody who goes through a drive-thru is lazy. <laughs> really? Really? I mean, he really, he will not go through a drive-thru. He will get out. He will go into the McDonald's. He'll go into the, you know, whatever that place is. But interesting. It's, it's all about speed these days, Patricia. And, know. you know, again, I think what's happened to everybody is we got in this lull of the pandemic. Nobody went out. Everybody was doing everything at home. And then they just kind of got tired of that. And as things begin to open up, if you didn't have the staff and the labor to keep to get people what they wanted, they just went somewhere else. Yeah. So a lot of the labor problems have really caused a lot of slowdown in the restaurant industry. I don't know if you've noticed it, but when you go out these days and you go somewhere to eat, it takes twice as long yeah. because they might have one server or two servers yes. yeah. waiting no, no, no. on yeah. the whole, the whole yeah place so i think the people that can treat their people right and pay them you know as good as possible that they're going to win the day because they're going to have the the team members yeah i think that's true let's do that this is an extra swing there's two more lessons okay economy packs are highly appreciated that's very true that's very true. Very true. McDonald's is bringing back the value menus. They're bringing back value meals. They're bringing back combo meals, everything to drive convenience and price. And that is the word of the day today. So if you can take steps off my ordering, if you can give me a two, three or four, and I can just buzz through there and I don't have to sit there for 30 minutes and wait for it because it's not special. It's not, I just want the regular number three or whatever. You're not subbing in anything. You're not taking anything out. Those are the people that are just, they just want to get through the drive-through as fast as they can. And if they pull up to a restaurant and they see a lot of cars out there, they're going to go on. Right. So the economy pack saves time (laughs) because the economy pack is no special ordering, right? ordering you're just taking whatever is in that pack that's right and that's why they can make it economy because you're saving them time and they can get more customers through when nobody's having a special order all right last lesson there are many ways to be original now you know this so talk about how (laughs) bama has been original Well, you know, original can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. So you look at the history of food and fast food, especially, I mean, hamburgers are the number one seller and have been for a hundred years, you know, for lunch, people lunch, love sandwiches. So you see the successes of places like Panera Bread and Subway, McDonald's and sandwiches and hamburgers and things like that. That's what people have traditionally eaten forever so when you're putting special you know these packs together you're doing it with a value i mean those are different ways companies can innovate they can innovate with a core menu that's been around for 100 years come up with a special sauce come up with a special packaging for you know for for more fries or more drinks or whatever so i think today you have to look at you can't add a lot of Uh, what we're calling complexity 
You can't add a lot of complexity to your business right now. Most reasons is you don't have the team members and team members don't stay with a company long enough to learn, you know, the systems and and what works and what doesn't work. So we are trying to innovate around without a lot of complexity. So we're trying to drive, you know, better order times within Bama, better delivery times within Bama. We're trying to do special things like come up with some new pie flavors that we really think McDonald's needs to have on their menu. And that is a chocolate dessert. They don't have a chocolate dessert. So that's the original part. That's the original part. Yes. So you see different companies doing different things. Wendy's, they have a chicken biscuit for breakfast. They put a honey butter glaze kind of on the biscuit in the mornings. And that's a that's different. That's driving innovation. But in a common framework, not a not a lot of complexity, just doing something different like that. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Paula more about, you know, what you can learn from the fast food industry, like customer service, operations, teamwork and management, multitasking, fast paced environments. So there's, a, you know, whether you're, you're working in it for a part time, just to learn about it, um, it can bring you a lot of wisdom and knowledge. So we'll talk to Paula about that next. Um, Paula A. Marshall is a third generation Tulsan. And she is the CEO of the Tulsa-based international food manufacturer, Bama Companies. And she really reinforces that model of keeping helping people, people helping people be successful with caring and accountability. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson, the Midlife Whisperer. Your midlife roadmap is the blueprint you need to roll with change, transform yourself, and create a fabulous second adulthood. Get answers and solutions for whatever you're up against and transform problems into opportunities. Make your next life chapter your best chapter with Rock Your Midlife every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think of the world. 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back My guest is Paula A. Marshall, and she is the CEO of the Tulsa-based international food manufacturer, Bama Companies. For two decades, Paula has reinforced and models daily the mission of people helping people be successful with caring and accountability. And this mission reaches beyond the workforce by supporting the families of employees and the community in which they live and they work and they serve. And under Paula's leadership, Bama Companies has expanded its facilities to include seven locations worldwide and an increase in revenues from $30 million to more than $350 million. And so she, she really, she also has partnered with numerous organizations. And last year, she was inducted in the Tulsahoma Hall of Fame. Welcome back, Paula. Thank you, Patricia. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it's just really, and I've said this too many times, and I know you're very humble about it, but in my book, there are very few female CEOs. First of all, there aren't a lot of them in our country, Mm -hmm. but the ones who have your philosophy of really being there to help your people. Mm -hmm. I bet you may know a few, but not many. Yeah, I know a few. (laughs) okay (laughs) but yeah and i mean and and you know just think of it i mean we talked today about women breaking the glass ceiling and how we're doing so much better but i wonder how many female ceos there are today do you know well at one time i looked at that a lot because i was president of the women's food service uh foundation which is a uh restaurant focus group of uh beginning managers all the way up to senior C-suite folks that, that serves the restaurant industry. And uh, at the, la- the last time I looked at it, which was a couple of years ago, there were, we had gone up from 18 out of the Fortune 500 to 39 out of the Fortune 500. That's all? <laughs> yeah. 39 women? In the Fortune 500 public company ranks. Yes. That's now, hard. When you small it go smaller, it's harder to get the data if it's a private company or whatever. I see. But I'm part of another organization called C200, and that's that's 200 women around the country that has recruited up to about 400 women. So, but these are not all entrepreneurial women running companies. Some of these ladies are uh, venture capitalists. They're angel mm. finance for mm. you know financiers. Mm or they've sold their company and they're looking for places to invest. So I would say that the women presidents floats around 200 to 250 Mm -hmm. in this organization Mm -hmm. of smaller, smaller privately held companies and some public companies. So I think we're talking, but the fortune 500 was definitely only 39. Mm. Because you know, what about your industry? What about your industry, Paula, your particular industry? 
Um, well, I know McDonald's has worked tirelessly to build a sort of a cadre of uh, not only white women uh, presidents, but also African-American and Hispanic uh, and Asian. Um, but that's a handful also, even after working on it for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. It's in it's below 20 that wow. are in the McDonald's system wow. right now today. Do you see that growing now? I mean, we have so much work on diversity and inclusion. Companies are teaching it everywhere. No, not really, Patricia. Um, the, 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 the one that's growing the fastest is African-American males and mm. also uh, Hispanic, Hispanic and some Asian, mm. uh, but it's still mostly men, uh, not females. So, you know, I still believe that those barriers that exist are what we see is a lot of compression when we get from the C-suite down to like VPs and middle managers and directors. Mm -hmm. We see a lot of women in those levels, but they're already burning up through their family birthing years, their, their, you know, division between men and women and who's going to do the work and who's going to raise the kids. And I, I see less families today, less women and families willing to not be there for their kids so that they can be there for their jobs. People are making bigger sacrifices these days because I think the generation that's coming up now was a lot of our latchkey kids, the kids that mm-hmm. we, us older C-suite women, mm-hmm. we went often left them. You know, I mean, we had babysitters for them, but we struggled. Mm, and mm. so many times they were at home after school mm. for maybe a couple hours till we got home or the mm. dads got home. And if you talk about single family women running households, the numbers are not good because of the socioeconomic problems mm-hmm. that start to happen when single women are trying to work a job And especially if they're not educated, Patricia, you've got a lot of factors that these women may be working at minimum wage wage jobs. Mm -hmm. And it's very definitely harder to find childcare and get kids to school and all that when you're working in the fast food industry. So the younger generation, women who are 30, 40, Mm -hmm. maybe even late 20s, are they then willing, are they going to stay at home more or are they willing to sacrifice that for their work? What, what, what are we seeing with the younger generation? I think since the pandemic, everything has shifted, Patricia. I think women are now getting more involved in not-for-profit work. They're getting mm. involved in their school boards. They're yeah. getting involved yeah. in what's going on with their children in the classroom. They don't like their kids being on Zoom. They feel like their kids have fallen behind. And so you see a lot more when I when I was uh, scanning through Indeed the other day because a friend of mine's daughter was looking for a job, and I just went out to see what was out there. No, about ninety percent of the jobs were interested in working remotely, mm-hmm. interested in, in working mm-hmm. at an office yeah. maybe two days a week and remotely yeah. at home because yeah. I'm homeschooling my kids or I'm making sure that my kids school is running properly and Mm -hmm. I'm going to run for the school board. So a lot more women, I think, and and fathers too, but I think it's really affected the women in the workforce. Mm -hmm. I read something where something like 7 million 
women have left the workforce mm-hmm. since just since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, what I've read and, and, and seen is that the younger generations are less willing to work in companies that don't support them. In yeah. other words, a company like yours that is for your employees is where they're looking. They are less willing to tolerate abuse or harassment or not feeling worthy that maybe 20 years ago, more women tolerated. Yes. Yes, I think that's true. And if they can get a job where they can work three, three days and work at the office two days and they can stay home and help make sure their kids' education is getting taken care of. The ones who can do that, Patricia, are definitely doing it. Where I see the problems are in the socio, the lower socioeconomic groups where the moms are trying to raise not Mm -hmm. just one kid, but maybe multiple children. Mm -hmm. And if school shuts down for an extended period, they cannot come to work so they need to be provided and a lot of times you can't work remotely if you work in a restaurant yes or you work in a manufacturing business like ours yeah like yours on site you've got to have family step in or you have to have some help from somewhere um because it's just it's a lot it's a lot which is probably why there's such a shortage of workers We're seeing this in healthcare too. Nurses, CNAs, administer in healthcare. You can't, it's very difficult. Because they also have to be hands on. Right. And also, right. And with COVID and risk of disease and risk of, it's it's really, it's all shifted, hasn't it? It has. A lot of people are looking for remote work now. So if you can provide that, that's great. I saw a lot of online accounting companies, um, quality assurance of checking data, data checkers, that kind of thing, which can be done at home. Um, I just, I have four manufacturing facilities and I can't, I can't shut them down, you know, Mm -hmm. because we don't have. So you really, really, your business doesn't lend itself to remote work. The administrative part of my business does. Yes. I like the the hybrid model, and we run a hybrid model here so that right. when people have sick kids at home, they can at least get online and do the calls yeah. and be part and present of what's going on. But it's a it's a lot different than it was a few years ago. Yeah. And so do you think it's the better? Everything to the job these days. Do you think it's better, Paula, in some ways, or do you think it's not better? I I think it's better for the family. I think when women care about their family and they put their family first, that's how it should be. And businesses need to collapse around that. I think the last 15 years when we've demanded so much from our women to be everything to everyone and not care about your family and come in and do the work no matter what, I think we've lost a lot of great women because of that attitude. And so We've tried to really be sensitive to the needs of women. Yeah, just wonderful. All right, we have a couple minutes to break. So I want to I want to start bringing up something that I think you really talked about, and that is what you can learn from the fast food industry. And one of the things is certainly operations, right? Mm-hmm. How the operations is run. So talk a little bit about that and how that is something you really can learn if you're in this industry. Yeah, the, the people that do it really well, and I know my customers are McDonald's and, and Wendy's and folks like that, but 
you know, the people that do customer service the best, the people that serve the customers best are the people that do their operations back of house best. So when people have a, a, an easy flow to the work in the back of the house, when they take steps out for people, or even when they add steps for people, that the people are treated and talked to like they're part of the system, you know, of how things get delivered out to the customer. Chick-fil-A has one of the best customer service and drive-through experiences in the whole quick service restaurant industry. The, the problem is it takes a lot of people for them to deliver that experience because everything mm -hmm. is fresh. Same with In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger, I was just in an In-N-Out Burger last week out in the West Coast. And they have a lot of people in that restaurant, but they're doing everything fresh. They're making potatoes fresh. They're making milkshakes fresh. They're doing all that. So it takes more people to run an In-N-Out. The interesting thing about the In-N-Out Burger management system is In-N-Out Burger is run by a female. And it's a family business. And her, her desire is that they don't grow past their brand, if that makes sense. So she's not just out there selling territory and opening up a bunch of In-N-Out burgers because she realizes that changes the experience of an In-N-Out burger because they can't hire enough people to do all that work in the back mm. to have the quality of the experience come mm. through. Mm -hmm. So I think... In many respects, the United States has a problem with, that's why I wrote that book called The Soul of Big Business, that the inside of a business is run by people and it's run by through training and developing relationships with your team. And if you don't do that and combine that with the operation you have, you're not going to be able to de deliver what the customer wants. So sometimes growth especially in manufacturing, it's not the answer. Mm -hmm. It's just not the answer. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these great big companies, Patricia, are having loads of problems right now. Mm -hmm. Delivering on their products. Yeah. It reminds me when you talk about the In-N-Out Burger, I think of something here called Plant, Plant City, Plant uh -huh. X. Mm -hmm. And it's also you can drive through and it's all vegan and everything yeah. is made from scratch. But it's like a fast food. I mean, you, you go through the drive-thru, you can get yeah. your French fries, you can get, it's made with a different kind of oil, whatever it is. But right. it's never going to be like you said, huge, huge, because everything is made from, from scratch. Exactly. And they're not going to be able to find that many people and train them and, yeah. and teach them yeah. that skill, which is what yeah. the operations is made up of. Yeah. You know, they have to have people who care, people who return to work every day. They can't be running a typical right. restaurant turnover of four or 500%, you know, right. it's, it's got to be run differently so that that operation delivers that experience, which is people who want vegan food fresh. Right. But they all don't right. go home and make it all. <laughs> On that note, we're going to take a break and we'll come back and talk about teamwork and management and customer service and multitasking. I mean, we talk about how multitasking isn't always so great, but sometimes you need to do it. And how do you handle that fast-paced environment? 
and multitask. And what can you learn from being in that kind of environment? So you're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. My guest is Paula A. Marshall, and she is the CEO of the Tulsa-based international food manufacturer, uh, Bama Companies, for the last two decades. It's a family-owned business. It's been in the in it's like over 80 years, over 80 years that they've been in the business. Her grandmother started the business on her kitchen table making apple pies. So stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. It is time to change the negative narrative of divorce. Families are hungry for a different option. Listen to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. You will discover how to function as one family living in two homes. There are high-functioning, stable, and happy divorce families living in your neighborhood. What's their secret sauce? What did their journey look like? Do they have regrets or recommendations? Let's find out. It's never too late to have a good divorce. The Good Divorce Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. As humans, we suffer when we believe we are not good enough. We are taught we must be better, look better, try harder, and achieve more. We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired and contemplative thought showcasing experts in their fields including authors musicians and artists your host winifred adams will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter we want to hear from you be sure to tune in thursdays at 10 a.m pacific time 1 p.m eastern time on the voice america variety channel the internet's number one talk station number one talk station VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. My guest is Paula A. Marshall, and she is the CEO of the Tulsa-based international food manufacturer, Bama Companies. For two decades, Paula has reinforced the models of daily living and the mission of people helping people be successful with caring and accountability. This goes beyond the workforce we're talking about supporting families of employees and the community in which they live and they work and they serve. And one of her many books is Finding the Soul of Big Business. And that's really what Paula is all about. Under her leadership, her the facilities, there are seven 
locations worldwide now. It's grown from a $30 million company to a $350 million company. And their um, their clientele include number one pizza chains and hamburger chains like McDonald's and Pizza Hut. And so, again, the mission is really people helping people be successful. Welcome back, Paula. Thank you very much. Looking and I might want to add that you were inducted in the Tulsa Homa, in the Oklahoma Hall of Fame last year. Yes. Yeah, yes, I was. Exciting. Thank you. Exciting. Well, so one, one of the things that we were talking about is what can you learn, right? What can you learn from being in this industry? And one thing says that this job, any job that you in this industry teaches you time management, multitasking, and adaptability. Talk about that. Talk about the adaptability, the multitasking, and time management. Yeah, I'll start with time management because that's one of my favorite subjects because I teach a class. Uh, it's based around Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, and I know you train that too. And so my class is more of a personal uh, journey through writing your mission statement. And then let's take your mission statement and use that to plan your calendar and plan your daily life rather than letting your calendar plan you, you plan your life through uh, your writing your own personal mission statement and deciding where your priorities are and what you want to spend your time on instead of letting your calendar drive you to just all these different places without a plan, you kind of go where the current flows. So I start with that, Patricia, with our team members because then it works, I work back to the multitasking uh, discussion and then I forgot the third one, but uh, so it was oh, multitasking and then time management and also adaptability. Adaptability. So the multitasking and the adaptability fall into line when you have your personal mission statement and you've written it and you put it to memory and then you drive all your actions in your calendar through your mission statement and your true north rather than letting your calendar drive you. So it's really interesting. When I do the class and I teach this, a uh, couple times a year, I'll have about 15 or 20 folks in each class. So the class is available for our management people, our new management, newly, you know, new, new supervisors, et cetera, because they're the ones that get whipsawed, you know, on a daily basis. Because mm -hmm. first of all, they've never been introduced to having a personal mission statement. Secondly, they've probably never read any of Stephen Covey's books. And thirdly, they don't know how to plan their life. So they're constantly just running from fire to fire to fire to fire. So that's how most of us grew up. And most of us, till we're probably in our 30s, are trying to figure out, is there a better way? Because I'm spending all my time running and running. And at the end of the day, I'm exhausted. And I don't, I haven't really, don't have a feeling of accomplishment. You know, my kids aren't hearing from me my teammates aren't hearing from me my boss isn't hearing from me i'm just running around putting out fires all day so to me if you spend the time understanding yourself first and what drives you what do you want to drive you what's that deep inner purpose that you came to earth why did god put you on this planet right so those are deep questions and i go through this a couple times a year with about 30 of our teammates. And I mean, some people start crying. Some people are saying, mm -hmm. you know, I've mm -hmm. got aging parents or, 
you know, I really need to spend more time with my kids or, or some people are saying I get too much time with my kids. I need to be at work more. So however that comes out on their personal mission statement, then I teach them how to drive their calendar and build their calendar from mm -hmm. their personal desires and mm -hmm. the impact they want to make mm -hmm. on the planet. And it cuts out 90% of what I call the crap. Mm -hmm. It cuts out your guilt in saying yes to too many things because right. you're guilty. And then when you start saying yes to too many things, that's when the firefighting has to start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you use your personal mission statement and you intersect it into your busy life, I stopped watching so much TV. I stopped playing so many video games. I've had people tell me this. I stopped watching so many, you know, binging on Netflix. If I'm binging on Netflix, but I'm doing it with my whole family around me and we're doing it together and we're eating and we're having popcorn and we're sharing stuff, that's a better way to binge on a Netflix rather than to lock yourself in your bedroom and stay in your pajamas for a whole, a whole day right. because you're not helping anybody when you do that. Right. The other is so, a family activity. Right. The other is a family. You're mixing together yeah. family yeah. time and yeah. personal values that you probably have and you're building memories with your family yeah. now work takes time too so you also have these blocks of time what i try to get people to understand is it's hard to have 25 or 30 direct reports it's hard to have 10 direct reports because when you start going down and you say who are the true people in my life that i rely on that they need to rely on me that i want to help develop that takes a lot of time, Patricia, as you know. So we start looking at the, at the at almost like a Pareto chart of how many people do you want to coach, mentor? How many people do you just want to be an example for? So there's all kinds of different levels of mentoring. Mm -hmm. People you're trying to develop, you should spend at least an hour every day with them. People yeah. that you're trying to develop, that is talking about their goals, talking about how things are going, talking about helping them out with something that may be going wrong in the family that's keeping them from being more productive. So instead of, if you look at the 80-20 rule, which Dr. Deming used to talk about, 80% of the people are going to be mostly in the neutral zone and 20% of the people are going to be outside the neutral zone. 10% of them are, are going to be on the high side that want to be high achievers, and 10% of them are going to be problem kids. Where do we, when you get to the end of the week on Sunday night and you do a review of your week, your past week, where did you spend the most time? Mm -hmm. If you think about it at work, it's with the problem kids, and at home, it's with the problem kids. Mm -hmm. So 80% of the people in your realm never get attention from you. Mm -hmm. So you've got to start turning that around and saying, I've got to spend more time with the 80% people that are there for me, that are going to do things, right. that are right. going to be there, that right. are going to be this next superstars. Right. But they may, you may not have an hour a day with all these people. Right? You may not. You may have to get a team building session going. You may have to get 10 of them in a room and plan a team building right, session right, or right, plan a right. group activity. See, these are things that Stephen Covey calls quadrant two time. Mm -hmm. And quadrant two time is called not urgent, 
and right now it's it's important but it's not that important Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's not urgent so it's this this sort of vacuum of time that because people are always running around in a firefighting crisis mode they don't want to go into this empty vacuum of time and make a plan Mm -hmm. you know i don't like sitting down and planning my week i just want to go into the office and see what hits me well I spend Sunday nights planning my week. Right. But that saves you time during the week. Yeah. I I mean, of course, that's how we, but here's the other question I have is what about multitasking? What about those people that are on the front line at McDonald's or at Wendy's or Pizza Hut? And, you know, and it's hard for them because, you know, there is pressure. I mean, these people are waiting. How do you help people understand that whole element of multitasking, particularly in your industry? Yeah, it's going it's going to sound crazy, but it's like if you plan and you know your true north and you know where you're going in life and you have a personal mission, you know, I don't know if you've ever met people like that, Patricia, that you can just tell from talking to them, they don't screw around. You know, it's like I've got to get going here. I've got other things to do. It's been nice talking to you, but I'm not going to stand around at the water cooler for two hours, or I'm not going to go into somebody's office and just job on for two hours because that's two hours that I can never get back. Now, if that's your mentor and that's somebody that you're having a really good discussion with, then that's one thing. But people who need to multitask, I would say more often than not, it's because you didn't have a good enough plan going in and you're still firefighting. There's still right. a high degree right. of firefighting. Right. Where where the multitasking on the job is more part of the job, right? Yes, like doing one thing. Be. Yes. Right. Because and, and that's, let's right. say the French fry machine isn't working or let's say the person that's manning the French fry station didn't show up. And today you've got to take orders and make French fries. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that happen like that in manufacturing and in restaurants. People have to pick up, you know, other people's jobs sometimes because they didn't show up or they can't do it or they're a new person and they're a trainee. Right. Those are things you can build into your daily calendar because you know they're going to happen. I but see. Then right. when, it's, when, when that gets settled down, when that little problem gets settled down, you can go back to working your plan. Right. And you don't right. just stay in that crisis all the time right. because then if you let your plan go, then maybe you're dropping the interviews you need to have for that day. Maybe you're right. not, a, maybe you're canceling things that right. you really need to do for your health. You're canceling your doctor appointment or your dentist appointment or, you know, uh, getting a pedicure for women. You know, I mean, I always tell all my women, don't cancel that stuff, you know, right. go and do so again, it. And it's priorities. All yeah. right, Paula, what, how would you like to close this interview? We're going to come back on again next month, so we'll have a lot more yes. to talk about. But yeah. what, what would you like to leave our listeners with, particularly, I think, about what you talked about, accountability and time management and mission and purpose? I tell you, my favorite, favorite place to start and where I like to finish <clears throat> is to help people understand how important it is, it is to understand your destiny your place of being on the planet, what were you sent here to do, and that you get that in your heart and in your soul, and that you work every day towards that purpose. Mm -hmm. And I will promise, I will make a promise, Patricia, when you're working for towards your, the destiny, the reason that God sent you here, and you're working in that, 
life gets a lot easier. Don't you think? I mean, when you decided to be a positive person in radio, which doesn't I think happen. so. You also have to have trust, though, too. Yes. Uh, because sometimes things don't go. It is right. And so you have to say, wait a minute. I know this is what I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to stay the course. You stand for your values. Right. And you right. don't waver off that. And that's right. the important thing, is stand for your values and don't waver. Okay. This was That's wonderful, important. Paula. This was wonderful. It was wonderful to be with you. Stay just Thank for a second. You. I will do that. All right. All right, everyone. That wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. If you're looking to do your own podcast series and you'd like to get your positive message out, I've interviewed about 5,000 people and I can help you. So Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. And I can also put you on my mailing list so you can see the wonderful guests I have on every month. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.